This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Sarah. And in today's journey, we talk with John and Terry Binkley, creators of the board game Trekking the National Parks. They created this game with their son, Charlie Binkley. And Charlie's had a history of um, game design, and their whole family has been trekking the national parks, if you will, in real life um, for quite some time. Yeah, and we first discovered the game Trekking the National Parks this summer. We brought it with us on our road trip, and we played when we were out in Yellowstone National Parks. And it's a super fun game, highly recommended for anyone, and it's very um, adaptable to all ages. Um, I've seen pictures of kids playing it, adults playing it, super fun game, and we played it while at Yellowstone, so super appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, we played it with your parents, introduced them to it, they had a fun time playing it. Yeah, and the game, um, I loved the box too because it has a picture of John and Terry's and their son Charlie on the box and has a little bio about their family and that was really intriguing to me to kind of learn more about their story and how they came about this game so that's when we got in touch with them. We had the pleasure of talking over Skype with them and just hearing like Sarah mentioned about their history of their outdoors and trekking through the national parks and visiting all of these parks. Yeah, and they're still super active and going to parks. And now they have this goal to complete the parks in Arizona. Yeah, all of the nationally designated parks, monuments, and historical sites within the state of Arizona. So super inspiring couple, and we hope that through the interview, you are inspired to get outdoors because age is just a number. So without further ado, enjoy our interview with the Binkleys. We are joined on the podcast today by John and Terry Binkley, and we are so excited to have them on the podcast. So thank you for joining today, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, John and Terry Binkley have explored all 61 national parks, and they also have created the board game Trekking the National Parks, which we discovered this summer and fell in love with the board game. And we wanted to connect with them and hear their story about Trekking the National Parks. So um, before we get into the board game part of it, we just want to hear your guys' story about how how the outdoors kind of became um, a hobby for you guys and the national parks, trekking all of that. So was that, um, has that always been a core of your found like relationship, the outdoors? Um, Well, very much so. so. I mean, me, when I was small, um, we camped a lot in Yosemite. Terry's family was outdoors, water skiing, et cetera. So the outdoors have always been part of our lives. When we met the same thing, uh, we, we took the kids camping quite a bit. Uh, the way the whole national park thing came about was in 2009, Terry and I went to seek some help with a financial planner. And uh, the financial planner says, I can't figure out your financial plan until you figure out your life plan. So she made us um, do some heavy thinking about what was important to us. 
And out of that came a goal to visit at the first first goal was to visit 40 national parks in 40 months. And the reason that came about is in 2009, two significant events took place. Number one, we saw a really stupid movie called 2012, which was about the end of the world according to the Mayan calendar. Also in 2009, my birthday was 999, okay? And so I, when we were trying to figure out the life plan, I thought, well, how many months are there between September 9 of 09 and the end of the world? There was, 12, 12, 12. Yeah, 12, 12, 12, there's 40 months. So Terry wrote down part of our life plan to go visit 40 parks in 40 months. We were in Hawaii volcanoes at this beautiful resort called the Kilauea Lodge having dinner, and we said, well, we're way ahead of schedule, Terry. Now what are we going to do? And she said, well, let's visit all of them. And I said, really? At that time, there were 58 national parks. And as you folks probably know, there's a few of them that are pretty darn remote, uh, Kobik Valley and the Gates of the Arctic, and two in particular. So we, she said, let's do it. So we amended our life plan to, to visit all 58 parks. In 2013, Pinnacles came on board, which was number 59, and we uh, we ended up completing number 59 in September of 2017 with a journey over to uh, American Samoa. And wow. the significance of uh, the national parks was also the goal to stay very healthy and getting out and camping, not an RVing, and not that that's not a great thing for people who need to do that, but we felt we loved the tent, that real on the earth experience, and by also getting out and hiking was keeping us healthy, keeping up with just whatever our normal pace would be and building our stamina, and the more we were out there, the more we enjoyed it. Right, right. Here, you guys retired, or was that coming up upon your retirement? Uh, we were both working when we started the journey, uh, but uh, Terry, when did you retire, Terry? I, re- I retired in 2014, right. so we still had three more years to finish out the national parks yeah. that our goal was, but retiring from my career of being a flight attendant, but starting the career of creating our company to create our board game. So that went into another full-time kind of job for our family. Yeah. So the board game. So when you started doing all these parks as your goal to do all of them, you did you have this board game in mind or where were you when that board game idea came to you? Well, Char, our son Charlie has been an artist and a game designer for all of his life. And, um, Every Sunday we would have dinner and game family game night, and so we would we were playing games for the last oh 10, 15 years. Um, in I distinctly remember in March of thirteen I woke up two thousand thirteen. We'd visited like forty parks at that stage of the game. Uh, I woke up one morning, uh, a Monday morning, because it was the night after game night, and I thought, you know, we need to make a game about this nas- these national parks. So I ran it up, you know, by Terry and she thought it was a great idea. We called Charlie up and we kind of pitched him on the thought. He loved the theme. And so we started uh, we started play testing a bunch of different versions of the game for about 14 months and ended up um, doing a Kickstarter campaign. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kickstarter, but yeah. started a campaign in the summer of 14, had a successful um, program with that and ended up uh, publishing the game in 14. 
but it just the game really evolved the midway through our journey or two thirds of the way through our journey to the parks. It didn't happen from the beginning. And Charlie has again uh, been very active in visiting the parks uh, as he was growing up with us. And at that point, though, in um, 13, he was already out on his own. However, his gaming started very young. Um, every Thursday night with his buddies from high school um, would get together and do a game night. And it was not electronics because they felt there was no co real communication or interaction with each other if they were all just sitting there on electronic devices. So doing the game night really evolved for him with better relationships with the friends and it, anything that he played with his buddies that he thought would be a great grandma game he would bring over to us because the idea for him in regards to a grandma game well if I think it's simple enough for a grandma to learn most adults would um, enjoy it also so yeah it, and yeah, those, he also had a background um, when he finished college is working for um, our artists um, and um, publishing companies in their art department so always had a infinity for that yeah and it looked like he was so the, your game trekking the national parks looks like it was developed developed through underdog games so is that who he's working for right now oh, no, no it was developed uh, we formed a company called bink inc llc and so we we published the game first of all um we as a family business we'd run its course through um, we met a young man named hassan hasami who'd had a really good run selling games on Amazon. He wanted to, us to hire him to take the game to the next level. But at this stage, Terry and I are both retired and we're, you know, we're thinking, well, you know, we're really not that interested in, in, in promoting the game that actively as anymore. So we asked Hassan if he would be interested in licensing the game from us. And uh, it was a package deal that he got the license. He also got Charlie. Uh, and that happened in 2018. And quite frankly, they, the two exploded. of them exploded the game through social media. Hassan knew how to develop um, the, the correct ads that in placement in Facebook and, and created, um, you know, the websites and just all the social media stuff that uh, folks like us are not real familiar with. And uh, the, the game has just gone nuts from there. But they've only had it for now. This is, A their, year. This is their second year. Well, coming, well, actually coming actually, up on their first year, the, first year where they've had the game. So. But as a family, um, Charlie, John, and I created, again, Bink Inc. So for six years, right, six years or so, we were the, the impetus to get it going. Right. Okay. Okay. That was the core part of it. And um, just wrapping back to the whole how you have been exploring with Charlie, is is he your only child or is there other kids that are involved when you guys go, when you were going to any of these national parks with him? Well, our daughter, yeah, our daughter Tasha visited some of the parks with us. In fact, one of the, the most memorable experiences is when the four of us hiked to the top of Half Dome in Yosemite. And if you're familiar with that, there's a cable that goes from the base to the top 
it's very, very steep. It's very, very scary. And I remember um, both Terry and Tasha were behind Charlie and I. He was Charlie was like ten, and he was like a spider crawling up the up the uh, the cable yeah. quickly, no fear whatsoever. And I look behind me, and here's Terry and and, and Tasha basically crying, "Help me!" <laughs> we did make it to the we top. We made it to the top and made it. It's, it's easier going up than coming down. Coming down is even scarier than going up. But, but Tasha's uh, married now. Yeah, I've seen and, videos. Yeah. It looks scary. Yeah. <laughs> but Tasha's married now, and they have two children of their own. And, oh, they have a fifth wheel, and they go camping, and they're visiting the parks and all of the state parks also a lot. They're very much into the outdoors. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys said Yosemite was very memorable. Would you say that was one of your favorite national parks you visited out of all uh, of them? It's it would probably be my favorite. Yes. Uh, very first experience in the national parks was in Yosemite camping along the Merced River. Uh, so that would be my number one park. It's high on my list. Also, as a as a child, we we made lots of trips up to Oregon when where my mother's family was from. So we went to the Oregon Caves. We went um, to Greater Lake and things like that. But it's very memorable. Uh um, Zion National Park, though, ranks above my top because we went there the, for the first time for me. We went there during our treks to do all of the national parks, all 15, uh, eight at the time. And the first time driving into Zion, it was just for me awe inspiring. So it's high on my list also. But Yosemite's right there, too. Oh, yeah. Zion's definitely on our list. Did you was there a lot of snow when you guys were exploring that park? No, not really. We went in the summer months, so the, the snow level was... Uh, Bryce, we visited Bryce Canyon in the winter, which was just absolutely stunning. So, And that's one of the Utah's Mighty Five parks. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at a lot of the pictures on your guys' website of all your... Um, it kind of like the trip planning that you've made for people, almost the guide. Those pictures are incredible. So was that website something you guys were making all along the way of your parks or did that come after the board game? Actually the oh. first copy of the, uh, the first two editions of the, the game came with a park guidebook. And this is a document I put together and it's the, the, the website is now just this version uh, on, on line basically. Um, but it was the I took a lot of the photographs that we used in the game and in the guidebook, and this was kind of the educational component of the game to begin with. And so it is rather than prints, prints expensive, is we just converted this document onto the website. So if somebody wants to, I mean, basically it's the same thing if you look in, into it. It's you know a little bit about each of the parks. It's pictures that I took. It's um, information about where to stay, what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So. So we took that guidebook that was included in the game um, and put it on the website once um, Underdog licensed our game. Right. Uh, and they repackage it and they refer to going to the website. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's how it all worked out. Awesome. Awesome. There's a lot of components going on here. I, I oh, yeah. love love hearing all of that. So cool. So, um. And Voyagers, tell us a little bit about when you guys visited Voyagers. What did you think of that? And was that your first time in Minnesota? Uh, not our first time in Minnesota, Minnesota, but first time to Voyagers. Uh, that trip, we went to Isle Royale first. We flew into Minneapolis and we drove up to 
um, the, whatever the port was that we went to Isle Royale via the boat. And then from there, we went up to Voyager. So we spent, we didn't camp on that trip. We stayed at uh, the different lodges. Um, and so we, you know, Voyager is really what we learned before we went there is, is that you need to get out on the water. I mean, it's really Voyagers is about the water. And so we did, we took a tour, um, a, a boat cruise out to Kettle Falls and the dam. And that was very fascinating. It was pretty much an all day event. And anybody who goes to Voyagers should take at least some sort of a cruise out there on the lakes. Um, there's canal, there are canoe excursions etc there's a lot to do there's actually hiking too in fact voyagers from what we remember they have a, a hike for health program which encourages people to get outdoors and hike and then record their you know their journeys that they go and i think there's some sort of a little badge or something after you complete a, a certain number of them i'm not sure if that program's still in in effect but uh, that was that was part of what we learned when we were at voyagers Huh, neat. Yeah, the I know that the Minnesota State Parks have like a passport program to encourage people to get out and hike, but um Voyagers, it's we that's somewhere we haven't been yet and we're here in Minnesota, so we need to get up there too. <laughs> yes, you should. It's, it's actually a very pretty park. It's beautiful. It's spread out over a number of different areas. Um we were in the well, we went up to the Rainy Lake area and then that Lake K. <laughs> I forgot how to pronounce it. Uh, and then there's other areas as well, but it's, it's, it's a very nice park. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what we've heard. Did you see any uh, wildlife when you were up there? Probably the most significant wildlife was the bald eagles. There were hundreds of them um, perched in the trees when we were and cruising nesting. around. Yeah, nesting. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was quite the sight. Yeah, really neat. And then um, you said that you, you did a cabin when you were there, but previously you said most of the other parks you were doing camping. Yeah. Most of the parks that we could drive to, we camped. Um, most of the parks are west of the Mississippi, and so we drove to pretty much all of those and camped most in mostly every one of those. The more remote, remote ones, like Isle Royale, we didn't take our back, you know, we didn't pack our backpack stuff and jump on a plane and go there. We we stayed in the cabin there. But I would say that two thirds of the parks that we visited, we camped. The other third, we stayed in either uh, outside of the park, like in. Um, Acadia, we stayed outside of the park. Great Smokies, we stayed just outside of the park in a in a hotel, and then day hiked, you know, from there. And some of the places also have cabins in the different national parks that are um, part of the national park experience. So we would stay in the little lodges or cabins that they would have, um, especially up in Alaska, where you had to take float planes to get someplace. Um, Katmai was a little tiny. <laughs> uh, little little tiny cabin you know 10 feet by 12 feet and you had bunk beds in it and oh. doors and oh there are the bears walking right by on the pathway really oh yeah. boy really <laughs> well yeah that's that's Alaska for you what what an experience Oh, wow. And then the um, trivia that you guys have in the game, was trivia something that your family was always interested in as well? Or was that something that you decided on after you decided the game was going to come about? Well, once we published the game, we did a lot of art fairs and little um, conventions and such. And people just demonstrated the game to, to interested parties. And a lot of the questions we got were, is, is there trivia involved? And at that stage of the game, there really wasn't any trivia involved. And so I sort of tested people um, with different trivia questions, like uh, what was the first national park? 
and I'd get, you know, blank stares. And I, you know, I mean, and that's an easy one. I mean, that's basically Yellowstone. 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 Exactly. So you got that trivia question right. So we, we learned right away that most people didn't have any clue what, and that's part of the reason for the park guidebook is, is we decided to create a document that would actually help educate people on some of the these parks that we have. And um, also in the game Trekking the National Parks, we yeah. noticed that some of the parks were eliminated from the game, obviously, because uh, there was that because there wasn't enough room on the board game. Well, it, it, two, yeah, two, two things. Number one, game mechanics um, involves a lot of math and, and 42, the number 42 worked very well. So what we had to decide was, is what, what were the top 42 parks that we would include? And then it's a space availability deal. Like, in, again, in Utah, there's five parks that are virtually right next to each other. So we had to decide which of those five parks we would include in the game and which did we just we, – it's on the board, but it doesn't have us – you know, you can't actually trek to that. The, like, I, I don't know, Bryce might be on there. but No, all parks. All the parks, other than the last two that were just um, uh, made – national parks which was um indiana dunes national park and gateway arch national park that have just recently been um upgraded to national park status all other parks are on the board some of them are um just designated as a little diamond which yeah. adds to the second part of our game um which was um the park cards the um what is it? The um, specialty parks to get some points, but um, they're all represented there. Just 42 of them are where you're actually moving to. to yes, to where you can track to. To right. track to. Yes. There's really more, more or less a spacing issue uh, mm -hmm. because the board, the size of the board is, is large compared to most board games. And then even with that, with the number of parks, you know, at the time it was 59 when we created it. Um, and that is 61. Yeah, actually, the, the original concept that we uh, came up with was we were only going to do 40 parks um, west of the Mississippi. And our neighbor at the time um, was from North Carolina. And she says, John, Terry, if you guys don't put uh, Great Smoky Mountains on there, I'm not buying your game. <laughs> so we thought, well, you know, maybe it makes some sense. You know, and she said her argument was there's, you know, the large population on the East Coast. Now, uh, here's a trivia question. How many national parks are there east of the Mississippi? This game, I remember this one, 14. That's pretty close. You My husband just told me that answer. I am, we looked at that map for a long time when that <laughs> trivia question was up. <laughs> Actually, maybe 14 now because... They are 14 now Yeah. with the new, the new parks. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so we 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 ended up expanding that to the all you know incorporating all all of the parks into the game. And again, some of them are actual you know uh, parks that you can trek to, but the other ones are just designated on the on the board. Is um is has there ever been a demand for you guys to create a new game that has all the national parks on it, or has, uh, is that something you've thought of? Well, we we've been asked that all the time. In fact, we have people say, hey, you don't have my national park on on your board. Uh, and we go, which park is that? Well, um, Sleeping Bear Dunes. And we go, okay, Sleeping Bear Dunes is part of the national park system, but it's a lakeshore. It's not one of national the major lakeshore. national parks. So it's, you know, it's a matter of when we did this, because Terry and I's goal was to visit the major national parks, we decided that that's, how, that's what we would limit the game to. Right here in Arizona, what do we have? Uh, 20, 21, 21 of the 
Monuments, national parks, parks monuments yeah. historical sites that that's our goal to finish visiting all of the national park sites that are listed in the registry of uh, the national park service so there are 21 and we've visited probably 13 so far so some of them are just day trips I'll go down to tucson from where we are three hours down visit down there spend the day in the area and come back and others will require getting on the road going for a couple of days to the far corners of our state yeah yeah so i gotta ask when you guys went to visit the uh the grand canyon national park did you guys go down there and do the camping for a few days um we, we did well we visited the canyon several times because it's in our backyard it's like voyagers is for you <laughs> yeah which we haven't even been to unfortunately um, no, we've been in the canyon, I don't know, probably 10, 15 times, uh, camping, lodging. Uh, we actually hiked Hike. rim to rim. Uh, from, we started on the north rim. We camped in the north rim, and they got up bright and early that morning. We hiked down. We actually stayed down at Phantom Ranch, uh, overnight at Phantom Ranch, and then hiked out the other side of the rim um, uh, the, the, next, next, the next day. And then <laughs> I got the crazy idea that I needed to hike um rim to rim in a day so two of my buddies and i decided to do that and we hiked the whole 23.5 miles in a, in a single day oh that's strenuous and yeah, it had yeah. to have been really hot yeah it's quite the hike but with us camp when john and i did it from the rim to rim with the camping down at phantom ranch it gave us the opportunity to make side trips down at the bottom over to ribbon falls and along some of the offshoot um, little um, hikes that they have down there. Um, it's a very different appreciation of how spectacular and grand that canyon, Grand Canyon really is when you get down into it. Yeah, yeah, again, something that we've never done. I've only hiked a little bit down. We didn't have the gear at all when I was there, but goals for life. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so do you have anything else you would like to add about your game or any less tips well, the, for the, listeners? Yeah, the game was really, it was inspired um, by our travels, but we, what we tried to do is create something that was entertaining, educational, and inspiring. I mean, we, we wanted people to, you know, get out and explore our country's parks and, and, and really like, and get out of their car and hike. Um, we, we didn't really do a whole bunch of backpacking. Most of it, our, our hiking was day, day hikes, uh, but we'd spend, you know, you know, pretty much every day going out some on some trail. Uh, so that was, that, that was really the whole method to the madness. And then in doing so, it was accomplishing one of the life plan goals that we had established. And most of the parks are, um, have, um, hiking paths and, or, um, paths that people with disabilities and everything can get out there and visit, which um, I think is, you know, really important for everyone. Yeah, yeah, accessibility. Yeah. That's a huge thing. And that's kind of what we were going to ask you next. Like, what kind of advice do you have for people to get out and go to the parks, just people of all ages? How, how can people access that best? Well, the parks are pretty accessible. M most of the parks are pretty accessible to everybody. You know, again, some require a lot more. Getting to Gates of the Arctic wasn't easy, okay, or Kobik Valley. But most of the, the continental parks you can drive to, uh, and they have facilities that are 
available, available for, for all ages. And, and, and again, the, the hiking uh, is for very easy hikes. They have easy hikes to very difficult hikes. Um, so it's the wide range is um, uh, Cuyahoga Valley, which isn't too far from where you're at. Uh, the yeah, we went there. Yeah, the Towpath Trail there is a, a gigantically wide trail where you can bike, hike. We saw people, you know, strollering their kids and and hiking or walking their dogs. And so it's, it's you know it's a huge trail. It's flat. Uh, it's really it's it's very easy. And then you know you have extremes like climbing to the top of uh, Half Dome. <laughs> but or, throughout uh, yeah. like throughout uh, Yosemite, throughout Zion, throughout again the majority of the parks we went to, there were very easy you know quarter mile little hikes along paved trails that anyone and everyone can take to more extreme um, type of things where people wanted to really get out in the wilderness and do the uh, backpacking and take your tent with you and be out in the wilderness for days. So well, one of the things, again, for me, inspired me. I saw a, a speaker years and years and years ago, and, and his comments stuck, has stuck with me, and it's health is the first wealth. And, and so really part of uh, my um, being is to stay healthy because I'm not any good to Terry or my family if I'm not healthy. And so health is the first wealth really plays a large part of our getting out outdoors and getting outside and uh, experiencing, you know, nature, number one, but also walking is a good, uh, is very good for you. So we like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's just like, the fact that you can go and you don't need to go like trek to a national park. People can just go to their backyards and these parks, they're all around and that that's going to improve your health so much. So it's um, inspiring. So just getting out and walking every day. I think that you guys are huge inspiration for people and I'm hoping that listeners find you guys inspiring as well. well we do we too. Hope so too. <laughs> Um, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? And can you share your website as well? Well, the website is trektheparks.com. Um, they can email me at johnbinkley at me.com. But also to our uh, personal blog. Uh, our uh, trek- the, the blog, the blog is, it's, it's trektracks, T-R-E-K-T-R-A-X dot blogspot.com. That's the, and that's got, I don't know, 90 different posts that we've done over time. Um, and again, this is more, the Trek Tracks blog is more personal experiences rather than just informational, sort of what Terry and I did at each of these parks. Oh, okay. More like some of your, your trip reports sharing the personal stories rather than exactly. not like a, the guidebook that you've created. Right. right. It's a way for us to um, let our family and friends know, kind of like what, what you, you were did. saying, yeah. in how your blog got started to inform um, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your adventures going and connected with family and friends. Right. Awesome. And of course, it's a great reminder of going back and reliving the the experience that we had. Yeah, and then that just inspires you to get out and keep doing it, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been really awesome to have you guys. We're really thankful for this time with you, and we look forward to playing your game more. <laughs> yeah, great. Good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Hearing the Binkley's story was a reminder that with some hard work and perseverance, anything is possible. 
And it also has us dreaming of visiting all the national parks and continuing to play their board game. It was really cool to hear the backstory of how they came up with the concept of this game, Trekking the National Parks, and how they set this goal of visiting all of the national parks. Originally, it was 40, but then they decided to just go for them all. And I think that is a really awesome endeavor. And it really got Sarah and I thinking about, you know, what kind of goals we have to accomplish in our outdoor adventures. I think one of those first goals is visiting our local national park, Voyagers National Park in northern Minnesota. We've been to the Superior Hiking Trail. We've been to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. We've been to various state parks throughout Minnesota, but we have yet to get to our state's only national park. Yeah, it was one of those reminders that you have this beauty pretty much in your own backyard, and we kind of preach that all the time. You don't need to go to this magical high mountaintop to get outside. You can go somewhere close to home, and that's our next challenge, close to home. Maybe we'll have to do it this spring or early summer while we still have our parks pass we bought last year during our road trip a annual pass to visit all of the national parks um what it does is you have this pass it's good for a year and you get free admittance to all of the national parks and various national monuments or historical sites that that charge an entrance fee so it's a very um, cost-effective way if you do plan on visiting multiple national parks within the year. Um, so Sarah and I purchased this because we did on our road trip visit a number of national parks like Acadia National Park. We the did, one in Ohio. Oh yeah, Cuyahoga Valley, Glacier National Park, Yellowstone National Park. I believe that was it, but yeah, we found it very, very useful in our travels. Yeah, and it's, like Andy said, super cost-effective. I think it was only $80 for the whole year. Yeah, it was 80 bucks, and just visiting one national park can cost you about 30 bucks. So we really hope you enjoyed that interview, and if you're still thinking about a holiday gift for someone, maybe consider buying Trekking the National Parks for your outdoor person in your life. We'll have a link to the board game in the description of this episode, along with John and Terry's personal blog. And as always, thanks for listening. We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. Use the code podcast and receive 10% off your first order. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.